Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome back to another very special episode of Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And I get to continue the trend I've had over the last couple of episodes, where which I'm dubbing now Behind the Carnage. Um, I get to delve further into almost like the, the back room of, of pro wrestling carnage now. So I get to welcome another special guest, Kai Sambrook. Welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for having me. Uh, no. I love what you've done with Cayman and the one with Danny. Thank you, bud. So, yeah. I, I love the lack of naming that Dan gave me. So uh, <laughs> he sort of mentioned me once or twice, and I was like, right, I'll have him on this one. I'll mention him in every sentence I say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. You've got your own, you've got your own stage now, your own slot. So you can sort of really put yourself over, as it would say. So um I believe so you're you're mainly a promoter for Pro Wrestling Carnage. Is that right? Is that fair to say? Bookie stuff, they can like put the matches together. Yeah. I'll just be here and be like, Yo, we need to sell tickets. I'm gonna do that, okay? Uh, <laughs> that's the important stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna do that, so yeah. So, everything that you see online, all the write ups and everything, uh, is pretty much all me. Uh, I do send them to, to everyone for like feedback and review, but yeah. most of the time they just go, Yep, and I was like, so, Okay, cool. So, <laughs> so you're you're very much the one, really, one of the ones, anyway, putting the, the putting Pro Wrestling Carnage as, a, as an entity out there, visibly. I, yeah, trying to get the brand over. Yeah. And try and get the boys over before they can go out into the into the ring and, you know, do the wrestles. So, right. yeah. Which, again, is the really important stuff, especially this day and age, social media being what it is and everything. And even yeah. back in the day, you would have guys who were responsible for promoting the shows and getting people getting butts in seats, as they say. And um, I guess as a new promotion as well, one that was kind of either delayed, I'm not too sure, but due to COVID, obviously, there's been some kind of impact, I would think. Yeah, well, we have, there's two sides to that because we were technically delayed because uh, our first show, we were aiming for March of uh, 2021. Mm -hmm. But we were also kind of like, we started announcing the company sooner than we were going to cool. because of covid mm. so we were like well no one's really doing anything everyone's on their phones like the life is sort of stopped mm. this would be the perfect time and it really was we sort of yeah. announced carnage and i think dan said on you within like two days we had like 200 likes it's crazy like yeah so it was the perfect time to announce it but then of course we had to keep the momentum going for almost a year before the shows yeah so yeah. but That's luckily you know, people stuck with it, and so and it's just kind of just kind of exploded. I mean, yeah, you've had you've had one show so far, and you promoted yeah. another two, but already it's 
it's yeah it kind of came onto my radar i guess mainly because cayman was was talking about it on his show which i was a fan of already but i do follow a lot of the 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 indie promotions um across the british indie scene so at some point i think i would have seen it and even visibly i say like the logo and things that you guys put out is is, is very much more in your face than some of the others i've seen so, so that's a testament to what uh, dav did the first design he gave us it like it worked but it mm. didn't really pop it was just yeah. sort of pro wrestling and then like the a fist and then carnage and we were like that's okay like it's good yeah but you can do better and he did and he knocked it straight out of the park because anytime i'm scrolling even like if i'm just scrolling someone shared something and i'm like oh avatars <laughs> just immediate because it catches your eye and you just keep going back to it because it's yeah. the bright red it pops so um yeah yeah it's a, I, I love the logo i think it was fantastically done by dav yeah it's, it's gonna be fair to on that. Red and my wife um cringed slash laughed at me because my my ideal perf- uh, color combination is red and black it's very cliche you know take it back to kane if you will and just the image that he brought but uh, yeah it's just it's really really i think bad. that's kind of why dav went with red because we never really specified a color mm. really as far as i can remember at least but i feel like because he saw the k was in the name he was like mm. i'm gonna just put Kane down and see what happens <laughs> yeah and it worked it's and good. It, i love it so it's brilliant it's brilliant so before we get too far into it let's kind of wind it back like i like to do um because the, you know it's called once upon a turnbuckle it the po- podcast when it started out was really sort of winding my experience back to when i first discovered wrestling i'm really interested when my guests come on to find out what the moment was that you discovered wrestling so so can you remember you know when you first noticed it and what sort of grabbed you into it um as entertainment remember, or sport? yeah i remember seeing it like years ago when i was like three or four and just like sort of going that those are men hitting each other why and just <laughs> never really registering that this is a thing that people yeah. do for money yeah. it was just sort of like okay to me, it was just like Takeshi's Castle. People are just making fools of themselves. <laughs> that's what it looked like. That's a, that's a great comparison. Me. Yeah. Um, and then fast forward, I think the when I really got into it, it was like 2008, nine-ish. Um, actually, rewind a little bit. So the first match that I ever watched was Rey Mysterio versus Rene Dupree. Okay. I'll get back to that later. Just put sure. a pin in that. Yeah. Um, uh but then yeah so about 2008 9 uh my friend was talking he was like oh do you want to come over and watch SummerSlam?" and i was like what's that it sounds violent <laughs> i don't what is this um and he was like oh it's wrestling and i was like what's that <laughs> and he said ray mysterio and i was like is that a dj i didn't know i had no idea he <laughs> said undertaker. i knew what an undertaker was so right. i was like oh the, like burying people and he was like no, he's a wrestler. And I'm like, hold on. What is this? What is this wrestling thing you are talking about, sir? And it was just, I was really confused. Um, and so I went over and watched an episode of Raw. Uh, it must have been an older one, because like looking at it now, it was like 2006 era. They had yeah. the sort of the metallic thing, yeah. the weird things on the side. Don't know what to call them now. And I'm almost 20 and I don't know what they're called. <laughs> But it had Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler doing the the commentary. And it was just really weird and bizarre. Mm. Because it was just... uh, I can't remember a a real, like, a match from it. 
but I can just remember someone taking a spill to the outside and I just went okay okay <laughs> so that did, all right did, and I did, just fell into it from there it was it was never a sort of oh this is amazing right. it was like this is a bit strange yeah yeah, I think that's probably He's similar to similar to, yeah. to when I discovered it's kind of hypnotic in a way. It piques your curiosity in a way that you never really... I just wanted to know, to be fair, I think part of me was just like, I want to know what Rey Mysterio looks like. That is. Because he was yeah. the first one mentioned to me, and I was like, right, I need to see that face. Yeah. What's under the mask? And, you know, you so go. that sort of kept me in for a few years, and then it sort of drifted off from seeing what Rey Mysterio's face looked like. Sure. To, <laughs> in actual matches but yeah it, i think it just started off as me being genuinely curious about okay. what the hell people were talking about that is so, that is i um i i've got I, not that i watch people who watch and listen to this probably have heard me say it thousands of times um i i don't keep up with the current product um so we come from probably quite different eras so you could educate me during this probably on on you know some of the stuff that sort of hooks you in but i um i watch still watch a lot of the old school stuff and I, I had a DVD on recently. Um, one of my kids came in, they looked up at the screen and I think the match was Earthquake against Hulk Hogan. Earthquake had Hulk Hogan in a bear hug. Their reaction to me was, why are they hugging? I was like, brilliant. You know, again, innocence completely. You will leave it at that. So. <laughs> Two men hugging now and you're like, <laughs> okay, yeah. when, when are you going to do the seven rotation backflip? When, when, exactly. You know, what's going on? Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's a completely yeah, different time. Yeah, it was it? really weird for me getting into wrestling because I remember loving it, but yeah. I I also remember just being confused. Okay. Uh, so I think I feel like I just got into wrestling because it just threw me off for a bit. Just curiosity. Cool. Okay. Um. So from there, obviously, we can jump around as much as we want to, but sort of, you're obviously involved in it now. How? At what point did that kind of come about that you? you decided you wanted to be involved somehow in the wrestling industry or, or did, is it something that just happened out of the blue? It, it was definitely something that I decided upon pretty much as soon as I got into it properly, like as a fan. Um, so again, you're talking like 2000 and probably 11. So like nine-year-old me was looking at like CM Punk leaving WWE and going, oh my God, this is so, this because yeah. it was still real. It was real to me, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> so I was watching this and I, like I just I thought it was amazing, you know, the, these stories. And I was already uh, acting at the time, okay. Uh, and I already loved horror films and writing. And then so, you see like characters like Lord Tensang, uh, Karma, and all these coming into WWE. Hmm. You'd already had characters like Suicide, um, and the, the more cartoonish, like the Shark Boys, the Curry Man yeah, from yeah. from Impact. So I was just like two sides of it i love the character work and i absolutely love this, this like the stories okay um and i just wanted to get in as a writer i think at first cool. like i just wanted to tell the stories from that perspective yeah. and then i started really enjoying the work of like jerry lawler and uh and michael cole and mm. right after when jerry lawler had his heart attack i was like i really want to do what he does because yeah. he had the outpouring of support yeah and like i was mesmerized by that because it's like because i didn't know who jerry law was as a wrestler i just knew he was the guy that yelled puppies sometimes <laughs> you know he was just that guy to me yeah and um and i just really wanted to be like that so i went from wanting to be a, a wrestling writer to wanting to be a commentator um and then 
sort of around 2015, I want to say. I went to uh, an indie show for the first time in like six years. And I just went, yep, I want to do this. Cool. I just want to do this. And it was also a conversation I had as well with uh, Brewski Blanche, weirdly enough. Okay. One of of our boys, one of the guys, one of the men. And um, we just met in a coffee shop randomly just really randomly in like 2014 something yeah. and uh, he obviously explained that he used to wrestle uh, he was out of the business at this point but um, okay. he sort of said oh yeah you know everyone you know needs to give something that they want to do a try and that sort of stuck with me and then when I went to this indie show it sort of reignited it um, but then I took my time and about a year after that maybe in like two, yeah, J- July 2016 I finally got around to taking the uh, first session. I took a bump, thought I was going to die. <laughs> Five years later, I still take a bump and think I'm going to die, but I love it. So it's oh, happening all the time go. now. So, yeah, it's just a natural progression, I think. I just wanted cool. to do everything. That's cool. So you, 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 you got a bit of uh, in-ring sort of experience mixed in there as well. Yeah. Um, so- I, I, one thing I feel like is important is to understand where the guys are coming from when they come to you with issues. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't want to be the guy that like someone comes up to me and says, Oh, I'm beaten up. I've wrestled this, 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 and they've taken yeah. this bump and I'm a bit aggravated. And I, I don't want to be the guy that turns around and goes, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Cause like I've taken bad bumps. I know how it feels, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, from experience, I can be like, yeah, you can, you can rein it in for this match. Sure. It's fine. You can you can work the comedy guy. We can we can try and limit the injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because uh, I feel like experience in wrestling is very important. Yeah. Just to understand where the guys are coming from and the respect from it. And that's that's like, that's really there are, good. There are guys that have never wrestled that are great promoters. That's that's yeah. not you know. But for me, I would want to take uh, advice from people that have done it. Yeah. And like, I'm not a huge star. To be honest with you, kind of shit. But <laughs> you know, if someone comes up to me and asks, you know, for advice or what I think they should do in a match, I'm not gonna say, "Oh, don't ask me." Mm. I, you know, I will try and lend the hand yeah. from that. So I, th- I think that's that's brilliant. Again, losing touch a little bit with with where. I use WWE as my main reference point because I think they've always been the yardstick, even when I was a fan, you know, for whatever they're doing, that you can kind of see where where the industry's going. I mean, when they had writers like Freddie Prince, Freddie Prince Jr., for example, I don't know if he, they gave him a run around in the ring like you had or whether they just kind of thought, well, this guy is in Hollywood. He's bound to write some good stuff. Let's get him in. And yeah. I think having that kind of empathy with the with the talent is... Yeah, I, I think mean, from a, a writing perspective, definitely having in-ring experience will help. Mm. Uh, will help me like put out promos or uh, storylines or like vignettes for people. Mm. Um, just because I understand of what what I need to tell the story to get them yeah. over and to, you know to get their style over. Yeah. Um, in a way. So yeah, I feel like the in-ring experience is very. Uh, important to me personally yeah. just because it helps strengthen everything else around what i do yeah so yeah. I, I honestly think uh training to wrestle was probably the best thing best decision i've ever made so- not maybe not for my body but <laughs> for me as a person it's yeah. uh it's definitely one of the better things that i've ever done i think that's cool that's cool so 
the obvious question, I suppose, again, the industry has kind of gone this way. I, I don't know if it's still a big thing, but you you had back in the day, yeah, Mr. McMahon, Eric Bischoff, all these behind the scenes guys that came in as on-screen characters, as it were. Do you kind of mix that up as well, your your promoter side? Do you put that out in the ring as yourself? No. I, I don't I don't like that kind of character because it's played out now. Yeah. Um and like as soon as uh, if I'm wrestling on a show, as soon as music hits, or as soon as I get there and the gear's in my bag, you know, mm. as long as it's not a carnage show, obviously. Yeah. But if, if my gear's in the bag and I'm wrestling for someone else, I'm not a promoter anymore. No. I'm just a worker. I'm just a guy in the locker room. Sure. You know? Yeah. Um, but at carnage, you know, the the minute my gear goes on, or the minute music hits, I'm, you know, I'm not owner. No. I'm the superior mind, you know, wrestling yeah. again, which just to put it out there will probably not happen. I'm not looking to wrestle <laughs> in Carnage, but you know, yeah, it, it uh, I, I wouldn't be doing this Eric Bischoff, Vince McMahon no. thing where I'm a power hungry trying to win the belt from us. No, it's, no, I we, like we to good. say. Been, that's that's we good. That. That's good to know. You know, you know the, the, the lessons have been learned almost from. <laughs> from those well, we have been... our managing director. You know, we have um, we have JLJ. Okay. He's he's gonna do a fantastic. He did at the first show. He's gonna do it at every other show. He's gonna be great. And he, you know, I wouldn't think of anyone stepping into that, mm. um, and especially not replacing it with a played out sort of no. authority figure like that. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a it it works, but yeah. I don't feel like it needs to be everywhere. No, how how just just off the top of my head then, really? I mean, from your perspective, for a new promotion, and obviously you want to be recognised for what you do. What are the challenges in terms of of making what you do unique from a a writing and promoting perspective? Well, it's, it's, nothing's original anymore, I think, is the main complaint a lot of people will say, is everything is a rehash or a recycling of something else. Yeah. Um, so it's just try, trying to find uh, match types that you can change, rules maybe you can bend a little bit. Mm. Um, the good thing, I think, with Carnage is our roster, because we have just anything and everything you would want from a variety standpoint, we have yeah. it. You know, we have the the huge ego trip uh, heels in James Ellis. Uh, we have the brawlers uh, in like a Danny Owens or a cue ball. He's going to absolutely love that I put both of those names together. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've got the, the technicians and the really over the top theatrical. Yeah. I hate everyone like a Martin Grant and a uh, Mark Daniels. Yeah. And then we also have like literal superhero the flying Grayson, uh, straight out of a 90s cartoon endlessly, you know what I mean? Uh, Necrofago. We've got loads of different characters, loads of different sort of uh, personalities. Mm. So they really do it themselves. We okay. don't really need to manufacture anything for them. Mm. But then from a, a poster standpoint, uh, you need to try and display it a little bit differently. So maybe that's not including the boxes around the words or yeah. maybe making the words pop a bit more, putting logos instead of just show text, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then from the writing mutation just sort of happened one day, I think 
Uh-huh. I just sort of wrote that down. I was like, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> and like a year later, it's it's part of the it's part of the the fabric of the company now is we're changing wrestling and yeah. Uh, I think that sort of worked to our strengths because it allowed us to do a lot of different things, like the um the design of the titles allowed us, you know. Not so much the the tag team titles. The tag team titles are designed just as wrestling belts, mm. really. Yeah. Good looking wrestling belts, but mm. they, they don't have the the carnage mutation look to them, in my opinion. Yeah. But you also have the the world title, which has the cracks and you know the yeah. foundation of wrestling is changing. That's my, that's the way I see it. Yeah. From that, um, so it's just presentation. I think we try to change up a bit and okay. uh, the way we sort of present ourselves. Like yeah. the names of shows, we put a lot of thought into the names of shows. It's very cool, and I, uh, you've got obviously the first mutation, uh, which we'll we'll talk a little bit about in a sec, and then you've got one um, day before Halloween, which you kind of gone. It reminds me going back old school, uh, what WCW was doing with Halloween Havoc, you know, having an event that you know acknowledges the time of year it's at and plays with it a little bit. Um, I mean, just quickly then, have you got sort of ideas for your next show? Obviously, you know, let us know what it's, uh, let everyone know what it's called and everything. Um, yeah, so Carnage from the Crypt, it's it's like, it's got a Halloween feel to it, obviously, Halloween mm. theme. Uh, we we want to try and get uh, a lot of the wrestlers to dress up for it, you know, like costumes and stuff. Cool. Uh, some of them are into the idea, others <laughs> not so much. Um uh-huh. But uh, and I know Danny Owens just wants to dress up as Danny Owens. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, that, but, might, um, that, that might be what he looks like on Halloween. You know, you never know. But yeah, because he, 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 he joked about him and Blanche swapping costumes, which... I'd, do, I'd be well up for that. I think that would work so well, to be honest with you. But uh, um, as, as long as Blanche grows the beard out and da- Danny shaves it, that would be great. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's quite. I don't think he'll gonna, he's going to enjoy that idea, but um, <laughs> he's probably cultivating that for a little while. But uh, yeah, so hold on. But uh, yeah, where was I? So yeah, we want to try and get a lot of the fans as well to dress up. Um, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, uh, get get the crowd. Right, I I want them to try and dress up as the wrestlers because <laughs> I just I just want to see a fan trying to dress up as like Necrofago or <laughs> you know just dress up as Cayman, please. You just got a kid coming in on stilts. I would, I'd pop. I'd love it. I <laughs> wouldn't love beard. it. But yeah, I'd love it. You know what I mean? But um, it's okay, it came into coming yeah, in some crocodile make... costume. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we just want to try and make it a like a really fun show. And mm. Halloween obviously is the it's yeah. like a kids' holiday thing. I hear it cold, and I'm like, nah, nah, <sighs> no it ain't. Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, we so we we're trying to incorporate as much of like yeah. uh, the tradition of uh, Halloween into it as we can. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I wanted a trick or street fight, but I like that. that. Uh, oh really? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I never pitched it, but you know, <laughs> I wanted it. I thought it. You know, would it be like a five? What was it? A Firefly Funhouse? Yeah. What was that god awful thing like- that they tried? Maybe not for this year, but for a future Halloween show, definitely a cinematic match is, is on my radar or something that I want to do. Cool. Um, I want, like, there's a lot of characters and people in, in Carnage. Like, High and Mighty have already done cinematic matches. 
against each other both have been very well received okay. so i know they can do it yeah um but there's also other other guys in the locker room that i'd absolutely love to see in a cinematic environment like cayman oh my yeah. god please <laughs> could you imagine just the things that he comes out with would be yeah. great just yeah. for a cinematic feel um but i'm getting ahead of myself that that's for a, maybe next year or the year after that but um yeah, they, I want to keep the Halloween tradition alive of doing Halloween shows, definitely. That's cool. Especially with that kind of name, Carnage from the Crypt. Oh, come on. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. You've got the nostalgia there. Come on, yeah. that's great. I mean, it's, 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 I always think WrestleMania, you know, became synonymous with, um, with wrestling as a whole, that yeah. term. And if you break it down, I mean, I know it was the 80s and it was very simplified anyway, but it's such a simple term by today's standards to use and it's, yeah. just, oh, it's, it's got that identity so and it's uh, so iconic that the, you know you've got i don't know how many different promotions and indie promotions have used mania in their yeah, title or exactly you know yeah. so like I, I know grapple mania was one at one point right. it was a, a in an indie show just because it you know it worked yeah. i know a few companies i've seen have used colossal tussle the name that was suggested for Mania. I know a lot of them okay. have actually used that, which I love. <laughs> um, I think that's great. But yeah. for me, a show name really will set the stage for how good yeah. the show is going to be. Mm. Um, and that's why I love the people I'm surrounded with because they just bat off good good names like no one's business. Like yeah. it's going out of style. Like <laughs> I think it was I think it was Brewski Blanche that suggested Carnage from the Crypt. And I heard it and went, no, that will never oh. That's cool. And they just sort of sat down and went, that's great. Yeah, all it does is it. cement that the brand, isn't it? And that's that's at the end of the day, that's what's going to make you stand out. Yeah, is, is to yeah, have it's, it, it's different. It's yeah. you know, yeah, and that's all you can really ask for now because nothing's different anymore. No, but uh, no, I've got to ask from because because I I've done some writing as well. You know, I always wanted a bit like you, I suppose, to to be involved in the creative side of. A, you know a wrestling promotion at some point and that goes back to me holding you know my own pay-per-views with my wrestling figures on my bed when i was a kid you know and i would write these storylines that i played out for weeks at a time I, yeah. I, I um a lot of people would be i do you think people would frown upon me if i said that one or two of the storylines that i've actually done in my career so far have been recycled storylines from my figure federation i think that's because that's... it's it's happened like i've done it i've, I've pitched it to a couple of promoters really? and it's happened one of my storylines was a storyline that i did with like uh, i think it was a randy savage figure and really weirdly yoshi tatsu okay. like the weirdest sort of feud <laughs> ever but i sort of like yeah i recycled that for an old storyline that i used I... To, that i ran with for me, that commands a whole new level of respect. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, if you've been able to do One that. One of those things, it's I, I made it up when I was like 10. I was like, this will, yeah, this will work. This will put, this will put butts in seats. There you go. There you go. But yeah, so, so have you got any, um, again, I know you're not trying to base what you're doing, you know, on something else someone else has done but have you got inspirations from the writing side i mean you just probably touched on one if they're things that you came up with as a kid but have you got something or someone you refer to you take inspiration from wrestling okay. um none of the stories like they've probably been done at some point mm. in wrestling but uh half the things that i come up with or that i pitch or that you know that i write down it, it comes from other things um, similar to how Carnage from the Crypt came about with uh, Blanche from Tales from the Crypt. Sure. Uh, it's just, I borrow it from other places. 
Um, so like, I'm trying to think. Like the the Superior Mind, the character that I used to used to run with, that was directly stolen from a Beautiful Mind. Okay. Uh, okay. So that was that. I sort of watched that film. I was like, that's great. Loved that. I'm a, I'm a use that please, yeah. and I sort of I just run with it from there. And um, so a lot, yeah, I think that's cool. most of the stuff that I do um, is from other things. Yeah. Like um, a lot of the promos that I know I've cut before have been uh, monologues that I've written based on different characters, uh, like Doctor Who. I've written a lot of like scripts for that. Okay. And one of my promos was almost a direct ripoff of a monologue that I'd written okay. based on the 11th Doctor. Right. So, n- n- like, I don't like to borrow from wrestling because mm. a lot of people can just look stuff like that up. Yeah. Like, if I just came up and said, oh, I've been going through some rough times, everyone's going to be like, that's a hard times promo. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, if I just if I just start spouting some nonsense about trends a lot, people are going to be like, "What are you doing? What's this? <laughs> why, why are you the way that you are?" Um, and like that's how a character will get interest is just by being unique. Okay. So I I steal from I I and I will say steal because I do. Mm. Uh, I, I think everyone does. Um, I take bits from stuff outside of wrestling and try and incorporate them in. Okay. Uh, Mainly that's in character work, to be fair. Yeah. Mainly in I, character work. That's cool. That's cool. And I can completely see. I can um, uh, stories I've written for my books in the past have come from the weirdest. You know, inspiration has been lifted from the weirdest places, and I do have these moments where I kind of think, I know where that's come from, but someone else who's reading this isn't gonna isn't it's not gonna be obvious to them. So I quite I quite like that. You know, plagiarizing. It's not plagiarizing. It's it's taking someone's homework and changing it. It's different. (laughs) Same principle, but making it your own. Making it your own. Tweak it. Change (laughs) the title so that people won't won't notice. That's it. So um, then, sort of moving on to again, I know that you've 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 had one show so far that um, Carnage has, has put out, and obviously working on the next one. What was your day and what was your role entailing? for that for that live event just give us a flavor of if if someone was in your shoes when a live event's going on um yeah so i got there uh obviously ring setup is the first thing on everyone's agenda um so that was what i was doing when i first got there um and then people started filtering in and then my job was covid testing okay so i go out pardon me uh with covid uh covid tests hand them out and uh you know make sure that they were cleared thankfully everyone that was on the show that we booked was all clear anyway so we didn't have to send anyone home uh knock on wood that won't happen for any shows either so but um yeah i was covid officer i dubbed myself uh and sort of uh arranged all them took pictures of them all so we had documents of it Mm -hmm. uh and then when everyone was there uh sort of settled into trying to help with the ring again uh trying to lend my hands anywhere i could really uh helping if if it was putting stuff away in the kitchen or if it was going backstage showing people around um or if it was setting out chairs talking to people outside the venue talking to people from the venue yeah sort of liaison then sort of thing okay 
Yeah. And then when it came to the show, it was just all hands on deck then. Cool. Uh, watching the monitor, going backstage, making sure everyone knew what was going on. Um, and then getting the, the crowd to jeer up. Cool. So sort of being being behind the curtain going, are they gonna are they gonna cheer? <laughs> they cheer, they cheer. <laughs> good. Just what? look over at Danny. He's like, thank God. I'm like, yeah, we're doing good. <laughs> and then yeah. Then the wrestlers just did everything else for me. Take so I just sort of sat there and went, this is great. They're killing it. This so, is exactly what we needed. So what you just described there, really, it, it sounds like there's obviously a lot of production that goes into, you know, you've not, you're not live on TV, you know, at the moment. But there's still a lot that goes into a live show. Um, yeah, I, I feel like even when I first said to Dan, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this with you. I don't think I don't think I fully comprehended what I was getting myself into. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, like th- there's a lot of like the show day. There's a lot of work that goes into there, and you're tired, and you, mm. you know you've really beaten down by the end of it. But that doesn't even compare to the everything that goes on before and after shows. Um, yeah. Okay. And like, so it's there's a lot that goes into it, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I absolutely love what no. I do. You know what what Dan does, what Blanche does, what everyone mm. for Carnage does. Uh, there are people that don't run Carnage, like just workers that put in as much work to share in the posts and to, you know, to create in a buzz for, for the company yeah. that we do. And I could, I, you know, I'm, I will thank them every day that I can for that. Yeah. Um, and it, they've really helped Carnage grow. And I, yeah, I love it because yeah. it's, it's sort of, uh, after only five years in the business, the fact that I can say that, you know, I've played even the smallest part mm. in in a sellout show, it's it's insane. Cool. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. insane. And um I know sometimes that it, I have to pinch myself. I'm like, this is this isn't real. This can't be real. Yeah. But it's the people it's... around me that 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 make it possible. Yeah. 100%. As I, I think I said to Danny, actually, is, is the, the success of that first show is, is a great springboard for the next one and, and everything. It's going to give you something to almost better yourself at each one if you can start that strong. That's, that's brilliant. So uh, long-term vision then for Carnage. Obviously, um, getting getting yourself out there on i guess tv or streaming or anything like that are you are you looking as it's probably you know further down the line at the moment but are you looking at that kind of thing eventually like that yeah i I'd, I'd love something like that to happen you know for us um but it's just building a portfolio behind us mm. so that we are viable you know yeah. for a, a streaming service or for anyone really to to pick us up yeah. But for right now, I think we're just focusing on getting everything in a in order mm. so that we can sort of push forward and uh, gain more of a fan base from that. Yeah. Uh, but the long term plans really it's just sort of I I view us in the way of an NXT kind okay. of thing mm-hmm. where we have these amazing talent fantastic like a james ellis like a jimmy taylor mm. uh sam parker i could go on cubal uh yeah. colton clark i literally would be here forever uh kenny mantra you know jj roberts everyone on our shows mm. brings something unique and i feel like every company in the uk and beyond would benefit from every single person on our shows yeah 
Uh, and that's where I want us to be a sort of a sample for them. Okay. They can go out there, put on a barnstormer, mm-hmm. and other promotions will go, oh, he could be useful. He yeah. could be useful. And then, you know, I, I we're a very, uh, very much a launch pad for them, I view us as. Sure. Because uh, I've always wanted a place where people could come, enjoy work and, you know, sort of put themselves uh, on a, you know, on the map sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Wales is on track to be in that place right now where there is so much talent. There's so many great places to go. Yeah. Um, and I'm just glad that we can play a part in that, to be honest with you. It's yeah. again, it's still mad. It's just yeah. still mad. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I didn't know much about, you know, Dan and Devon. I don't know much about the, the Welsh wrestling scene, but the more that I've I've listened to guys talk about it and that it seems to have exploded in recent years. There seems to have been so much more going on two promotions local to me and i say local like on my doorstep in newport okay and then you had uh dragon pro and then you had like chaos and attack that would occasionally do shows but Mm. they weren't always doing them at the time um but now it's like it seems like every other weekend there's a show going on yeah somewhere and it's just mad to look at now (laughs) obviously not right now because of because of covid but just before uh the lockdowns it was booming uh and i know there's a new one in in cardiff now creation okay it's like yay yes it's a fantastic place to be now the welsh wrestling scene whereas at one point like i know cayman said there was nothing Mm. (laughs) you know yeah and now it's it's this huge thing um and i feel like it's just gonna keep growing and i can't wait i can't wait for it Especially, like you say, if you're playing that part by kind of, you know, guys coming in and, and getting noticed because of what you're doing, you know, I, I guess it's just... It's like that's all I can hope life. for. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. I just, yeah, that's what I really want us to be, that sort of, that place where people come in to mm-hmm. sort of put themselves out there. Yeah. And it's, that's what yeah. my aim, my personal aim is, is to be that sort of, that jumping off point brilliant. for all the guys. Cool. Moving on now to something again that I picked up on um, on my interview with Danny. Um, he mentioned in passing about a, a new championship that you guys are going to be launching, and I know it's it's been announced on your social media um, sort of in the last few days as well. The Breakout Championship. So outbreak, outbreak. Sorry, there we go. Outbreak, outbreak Championship. Yeah. So keeping with the new, keeping with the new team. I like yeah. that. I like that. So so tell us a bit about that. Um, you know what what's going to happen in terms of launching it and, and what sort of what sort of title is it where does it fit sort of in the in the hierarchy as it will well uh, the one thing that i don't like about championships is there has to be a sort of hierarchy with it like mm. you have to have the, the big championship you have to have the mid card you have to yeah. have this it's like for me all of our belts are on an even playing field you know you're the heavyweight champion great mm. you're at the top of your game yeah. The tag team champions, great. You're at the top of your game. The outbreak champion, great. You're at the top of your game. Mm. Um, but I feel like the outbreak is steered uh, a little bit more to uh, the younger talent, the, okay. uh, the breakout sort of outbreak, play mm-hmm. on words sort of thing yeah. there. Uh, and I feel like as soon as you grab that, um, championships is like, it's like blood in the water for a shark. When you taste it a little bit, you want more. Yeah. Uh, and the outbreak, I feel, is going to be that sort of, the first one, the sort of not first notch in your belt, you're like, right, hmm. where are the tags? Yeah. Right, where, where's where's Cayman hiding with a heavyweight championship? 
So it's um, if you want to put it in a hierarchy, mm. it would be the for, the sort of first step. But mm. also that first step is higher up than sure. a lot of people get. Like yeah. I'm five years in, I've never had a belt. Right. So I'd be chasing that like nobody's business. Yeah. Um, it's really the the opportunity belt, the okay. intercontinental sort of thing sure. that I'd like to, to call it. It's I'm a I'm a massive belt fan. I love wrestling belts, and this uh, this one this one right here is one of my cool. favorites. Just, I, I love the heavyweight one, but I feel like yeah. this one personally just edges it out for me. Um, that design it, in the back that's is that like etched in to the to the plate? Yeah, is it? it's yeah, it's etched into the plate. That's really the, cool. Uh, the radioactive sort of outbreak symbol. That's cool. Yeah, cool. it's, it's, I love it. <laughs> there you go, ideal. So, um, so how is who? What, what's going to decide the the first uh, outbreak champion? Then, when's that going to occur, and how? Uh, we're we're going to crown the outbreak champion uh, at Carnage from the Crypt. Uh, the match type isn't going to be revealed just yet. It's coming. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. How we're going to announce? How we're going to reveal the champion and a crown, rather, I should say. How we're going to crown the champion? Uh, will be revealed very soon cool. but um yeah all i can say is that there's going to be a lot of bodies after this championship there's going to be a lot of people scrambling for it uh and rightfully so because if you can get your hands on on one piece of gold it's you know yeah it's the starting point cool um so K- cayman should be watching this back then really for yeah, if, if he if he wants to come in for the outbreak championship, it, you know what I mean. I wouldn't I wouldn't be against uh, him trying to become double champion. I'm sure the the tag team champions. If you're listening, uh, Bev and Bish, if you if you want to if you want to run for the title, come at it. You know, cool. uh, open open all hours, open for everyone. Awesome. No, that's brilliant. No, that's just adds adds something else. You obviously you had the draw of a first mutation being the first show and crowned in the first first heavyweight champion and now you got that for for carnage at the crypt you know so uh, are there are there are you planning any more you know i the one th- bugbear i have i suppose when i look at promotions these days is everyone seems to be a champion there are a lot of titles out there um are you uh, do you know how many you're planning are there any more in the works right for right now it's just the heavyweight tag team and outbreak cool. um we might introduce another one in in due time uh, you know, because the roster, as I said, there's a massive talent pool in Wales mm. that we still haven't got our hands on. So the okay. roster is going to grow significantly uh, in in the next few years, you know, t- touch wood. Um, mm. So th- we might be seeing uh, sort of a fourth championship okay. come out, but we are cycling in. Like I know uh, Necrofago has signed on the dotted line to defend his uh, Campeonato Abierto thing i don't know i'm sorry i'm not very good at (laughs) pronunciations of these things but uh, i know he's cycled in to have his his title uh represented on a uh on our shows that's not a carnage championship that's that's his own that he's uh he'll be defending occasionally okay um but for right now the outbreak is is the last carnage brand championship uh that we're introducing but um who knows you know we might we might introduce a uh a Carnage Global Championship, uh, Carnage King of the Mountain Championship. Uh, Probably not those two, but no, there might be uh, it, Just, in, in due time. We, yeah, we might introduce another one. I think it, it, it's it's the importance 
again growing up in the era that i did you know the, the titles meant something um and then i kind of look at it again yes i cycle back to wwe because they kind of determine i think where everything is going or what is perceived at and i think you having yeah. two brands and champions two lots of champions uh, it's just and, and the way they flip flop around belts. yeah and it just doesn't seem, to, doesn't seem to mean as much on them um, just just sort of one last question on the title belt thing again you know i can share in your your geekness with that um have you got a favorite over the years like one you Mm. But the, the one that I, for this championship, the Outbreak Championship, that I took uh, inspiration from it when I was pitching ideas was the, not the current X Division Championship, but the X Division Championship they had from, I think it was 2005, maybe, to like 2012, 2013. Yeah. That, the, the Red X. Okay, uh, yeah, I know the one. That one. Uh, that was the, like a huge inspiration for it. That's why Outbreak is in red on the the sort of engraved background. Yeah. Um, I love that title. Um, the Intercontinental Championship, the oval and the old uh, white strap okay. classic title. I love those. Yeah. Um, TNA's Global Championship. I know I sort of made fun of it just then, but I absolutely love that design. So um, I'm, I'm not, because I'm not familiar with TNA. I know Global... It was the Legends television. Oh, I, know the one. I know the one you yeah. mean. The one that it they had every name under the sun. Yeah. The belt looked fantastic. <laughs> I know the one. Uh, yeah. The tag team titles from that uh, era as well. And the, the original TNA Heavyweight Championship. I loved all of their championships mm. at one point. They, I thought they were the most stunning things going. Mm. Obviously, the big gold. Yeah. Um, yeah. The winged eagle. And then, for me, the undisputed WWE Championship. And because of when I got into wrestling, the spinner as well. I'm sorry, okay. okay? I, <laughs> I, I was a you... child. I yeah. liked the championship. I think, I think it looked cool. I, I I think that's the one I look at, and I think CM Punk's um, legendary title run. The only thing that marred it was the fact that he was carrying around something that looked like I had made it when I was five years old. Loads of gold on it and diamonds and it things. It was that thick. He couldn't really, thick, yeah. couldn't it really wear point. it around his waist. When they stopped the spinning feature, it, it worked. It yeah. worked a lot better without the, the spinning thing. Um, but I know I, I like that from when okay. I was born. But like championships. Yeah. Oh, and the T, uh, TNA, uh, NWA World Television Championship. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. up there yeah. for me. But yeah, as I said, I could go on for. Yeah. Belts. <laughs> I love them. I think oh, There's... I literally Google championship belt sometimes just to look at which ones. Oh, which then... one is my favorite one <clears throat> right now? I um I follow I follow a page on Facebook which is just championship belts of wrestling. I think it's called, and they just come out with these really obscure, you know, territorial ones from back in the day as well. And some are dire, but some are like wow, you know, wish I'd seen. Yeah, some are just leather with the sort of like a metal pin in it but <laughs> some of them are also like you look at them and you go that was made in 1973 yeah right you, you don't get belts like that now no, like no i think if i if i had enough money there's there's quite a few out there i would love replicas of but i think the yeah the winged eagle television the, the nwa television title the winged eagle and probably the nwa world the don't the, the um 
I love the dome. dome elk, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's such an iconic image. You know, I'm glad they're still using it. Really. Well, the, the colours for the, the NWA television again are mm. sort of some of the inspiration for the outbreak because I know uh, Brewski Blanche and Danny uh, and Dav, I think, as well, loves that belt. We all sort of yeah. like that belt. Cool. Uh, and the colours from it, you know, you've got the reds and the, mm. the blacks and the silver plate. Yeah. Um, and it, it just really pops for me. Yeah. And that's why I like it. No matter what strap it's on. Yeah. Uh, I know uh, Dan said he's a sucker for a red strap. I don't really care the colour of a strap. Just, you know, give, give me a good plate and yeah. uh, I'm yeah. happy. But, um, but yeah, I, I, lo I love looking it's, at championships. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I'm, I'm still a kid at heart when I when I go through those. And back in the day when I gave myself blisters cutting up, the as we were talking before we came on about my first toy belt was the, for those out there who may remember it, made by Hasbro, it's a plastic winged eagle, very stiff. And I cut it into the shape of the million dollar belt gave myself blisters in between my fingers yeah. right. i'm gonna age myself um <laughs> like normally when people say that they're gonna look old but i look quite young when i show my first belt because i got it right now cool. um it's it's this one it's the uh okay. the world tag team championships yeah uh never got my hands on the wwe the like the the blue one oh, uh, yeah. never got my hands on those but uh, that was bought for me when I first got into wrestling, uh, along with uh, a wrestling ring with uh, La Resistance, Rene Dupree and uh, Sylvain okay. Grenier as the figures, which is maybe the most random. <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> but Rene Dupree just sort of kept following me when I first started watching wrestling. He was just <laughs> everywhere. Oh, you mentioned that at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Right. And then I, I actually got to share the ring with him. <laughs> oh, did you? I, yeah, I brought up the fact that he lost to Rey Mysterio in the yeah. first match they ever won, uh, ever watched. And uh, yeah, backstage, uh, apparently there were threats that he would uh, kick my ass <laughs> because of it. <laughs> but after it, he shook my hand and said that was a great segment. And I was like, thank you, Mr. Rene Dupree, sir. And then I went out and wrestled a hardcore match against Danny and uh, Blake Henson. <laughs> so like, wrestling's weird sometimes. It is a bit, isn't it? You meet your childhood heroes and then get kicked very hard like it's 20 minutes later only only one industry that could happen but you still only in it. wrestling That's could it. you could you meet someone that you used to watch as a kid yeah and then they will watch you get put through a door <laughs> poetic it really is all right we're gonna have to wrap it up unfortunately a little bit but i'll um i i i've, I've had a blast talking to you mate it's um it's it's great to to hear about the other side and like I say again as a is more of a writer myself i've always been interested in in a flavor of what goes on and you know people's thought processes thank you so much for um for sort of divulging that i've got a few quick my brain, five goes, my brain just, goes from everything so it's all good that's brilliant, that's brilliant. i got a few quick five questions to, to finish off with just for a bit of fun so the, the, the your most honest answer to all of these just gives us a flavor of sort of who you are as a wrestling fan i think really so um so firstly wwe or aew right right now aew just from the the volume of stuff they're putting out mm. and the you quality. know the quality of their pay-per-view just really steed it for me cool 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 undertaker or sting undertaker uh I was more WWE than obviously WCW was already dead by the time I was yeah. born. I know I'm sorry, I'm young. <laughs> um, and TNA Sting was sort of like a manager type role. 
when I was watching that and didn't really wrestle. Uh, whereas Undertaker was fully active when I started. So sure. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, Undertaker wins it for me just cool. about. Are you are you a fan? Do you go back and watch any of the old school stuff? Are you are very much. Oh of, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I watched loads of NWA and WCW stuff from like the early night. Not so much the Monday Night Wars. I did don't mm. care for the Attitude Era. Yeah. Probably gonna get me crucified. I I was uh, a fan still at the time, and I I got to admit I that was towards the end of when I watched it. So I I haven't got a a great affinity with it, but yeah, it's not that interesting to me. Again, I love characters, so I go back to 1994 or 1995 and watch people like The Goon, and I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yes. um, but, like, yeah, I go back and watch NWA, WCW all the time. Uh, some of my favourite matches are from that sort of, like, nine, like 1989 to, like, 1995. Yeah. So sure. That time frame. Yeah. Some of my favourite matches are from that time, so... I'm totally with you on that. Totally with you on that. I did a, I did a show... When I f- um, first launched the podcast, I, I did a few sort of solo shows and I did one where I basically dissected my experience of 1995 because it goes down in history still as one of the worst years in pro wrestling completely. And I got fond memories for various reasons of it. Yeah, it's quite cool. The next one, favourite ever match. So one that you can go back and watch time and time again. Recently changed. Okay. very recently changed because it was and i've it's been my answer for about three years now it was chris jericho versus chris benoit uh on an episode of raw in 2005 in japan a submission match wow. about nine minutes maybe but it was fantastic and i loved it okay. but right now it's a toss-up between wrestlemania 10 brett and uh owen yeah love that match yeah or steve austin dustin rhodes halloween havoc 1991 Ah, oh, I know, I know exactly the one. Yes, it was. They I went to... draw for the uh, television championship. Yeah, absolutely love that match. I watched that with Brewski Blanche, and I keep going back to. I watch it like once a week at this point. I love that's it. That's brilliant. No, that's that's great because it's. I I remember oh, good. vividly. And Steve that Austin's show. theme. Steve Austin's theme back then was the best. So that was. It's, it. it's. I've never really spoken to anyone. I don't think even to this day about specifically that match or that Halloween Havoc. It's one of my, my my favorite events from back then. I mean, the sheer sort of gimmickry of the. the yeah, because it was Chamber, Chamber of Horrors yeah. started the show, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did, and then uh, I think I, I don't know if that was no, it wasn't that one. I, I spoke to PN News um, a few months back. Well, I think it was Great American Bash we were talking about that he was on. But I, I really, yeah, I love that event. But that was that was really the the solid wrestling match that that I remember from that. You know, even yeah, though Steve Austin doesn't get the credit for being as good as no. a wrestler as he was a brawler, because obviously yeah. after his neck injury, best brawler in the business. But yeah. he was so, so good as a technician he back was. back then. Yeah. And so is Dustin, really. I mean, they were good. Oh, match. Dustin Rose is he, still now. He's mm. one of the best. Yeah, I love him. I think he's fantastic. And the, the fact that he still reinvents himself. I, mean, it's, it's, I, uh, I, I don't get how he does it. No, but timeless. Um, so here we go. I belted this at, at um, Danny Owens as well. And um, who would be on your wrestling Mount Rushmore for? I didn't specify that with Danny. And <laughs> I know he got a bit confused. Oh, yeah. I think he went over a bit, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He um, had to make a harsh decision. Yeah. So, okay. so for me, Mount Rushmore... It's going to be different types of wrestling, okay? okay. Uh, my Mount Rushmore as a manager would be Bobby Heenan. Toss-up between Bobby and Paul Heyman for me. Yeah. But Paul yeah. Heyman isn't really a manager. 
No, so, I'm with you with uh, Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan is timeless. He's the best. So yeah. he's he's on the Mount Rushmore for as a manager. Um, as a wrestler, like just a straight up wrestler. Oh, this is hard. Ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Got you on the spot. All right, as a all right, I'm gonna skip that for a second. I'll come back to it. Cool. As a character, pardon me. Ooh, um, as a character, oh, it's between Goldust and Mick Foley, because I love those. So it's between Dustin and Mick Foley. Okay. So so you've got Bobby Heenan, Mick Foley. What a stable this would make. I know. Um, Bobby Heenan, Mick Foley. From a wrestling standpoint, ah, Owen Hart. Yeah. Most people would say Brett, but most people are wrong. Um, I'll say Brett. It'd be Owen for me. (laughs) Uh, I love Owen Hart. Yeah. Biggest Owen Hart fan, despite the fact that I wasn't live when he was. No. I think he's fantastic. Special. Yeah. And then, um, oh, see, if I could put, I'm going to cheat. I'm gonna put five because I need to put a tag team on. All right, I'm gonna put. I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna I, put five. Oh, I'll let you off because Bobby Heenan could manage Mount Rushmore, maybe. Exactly. Exactly. Loop, loophole. Sorry, Danny. <laughs> I was. Yeah, I, I see, was harsh on him. But I, I figured this out. I've given this a lot of thought in the 25 <laughs> seconds that I've had to answer it. Uh, but yeah, the tag team. Oh, I'm even blocked on this because there's like three that I can pick from. Oh, this is you're, you're evil. Evil. I could do uh, an evil laugh. I would. All right. Yeah. Arn and Tully. It's the safe. It's the safe answer. Okay. Yeah. Arn and Tully. Uh, I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I like that. I loved that. I loved Larry Zabisco as well. But it's Tully. It's always going to be Tully. Yeah. Again, going back to Halloween Havoc '91, then really, wasn't it? With Arn and Larry Zabisco. It was the first time I think I saw. I knew the Brainbusters. Yeah. Doesn't get the credit he deserves. Mm. Very good. Brilliant. So mean. I have to cut off some people that I love, like Dean Malenko or Chris Jericho. It's yeah. difficult in there, and I know everyone. I I sit back and I watch discussions like this on a load of these forums. Oh, how can I do a Mount Rushmore without including Ric Flair? Too late. Too late. No. Right, Arm and Tully are gone. Ric Flair's in. Oh, this is this is evil. I I it's always one of my favourite. I did a a. a a uh, little while ago on here, one of my audio episodes, I um, I did a similar thing with a couple of guests that I had, and we picked WWF champions, past champions, and we sort of put a, a nice, a world champion, IC champion, and tag team champions. That was a lot of fun. Made you think. So I just did a Mount Rushmore wrestler without including two of my favorite wrestlers of all time, and Ric Flair and Chris Jericho. <laughs> I don't know how I managed to do that. Oh, there you go. The first, um, first instincts and all that. So oh, this is. Kai, thank you so much for your time, mate. This has been brilliant. I, I really do uh, appreciate you coming on. I've enjoyed this. I've loved it, yeah. It's been so, great fun. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem at all. No problem. And, you know, best of luck with everything you got going on and, and with Carnage and everything. Um, I, I, for one, am keeping a close eye on what's happening. <clears throat> and hopefully, off the back of these, you know, a lot more people that that sort of see this will be following you guys as well. And, uh, and yeah, really, really looking forward to seeing what lies ahead, mate. Bright, brighter days ahead yeah brilliant yeah can't get much worse than the last sort of 18 months really very so. true very true <laughs> but cool thank you again mate and uh yeah all the best